Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. I will tip 20% on the shittiest service you could possibly give me because I, I, that's my base. Like, well, that's, unless you personally offend me or like light my hair on fire, I'm going to give you 20%. But I have a funny story about that. So I was Did you a, light someone's hair on fire? Nope. Oh. <laughs> You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. The topic of tipping or tipflation is on everyone's tongue. From New York Times to the Today Show to Jimmy Kimmel Live, the debate is definitely on about what to tip and who to tip. It feels a little out of control. With me today to talk about this is Editor-in-Chief Melissa Housem. Melissa, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Always love talking about money. No, (laughs) this is a hot one. There's no doubt many of us are feeling a little tipping fatigue. Mm. It was one thing during the pandemic, but the lines now seem blurred on who should be tipped and who expects to be tipped. So with all things Raleigh's talking about, our team create a tipping guide. Yeah, this is really cool. This has happened to us a couple of times where we go to do something and then we start to see it popping up in other cities. So I just sent you one. It was the cover of the New York Post. Um, And, you know, our issue just came out yesterday as we taped this, but it went to the printer, what, two weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. So sometime between then and now, it's on the cover of the New York Post. It was in Austin Magazine. Um, You just mentioned all the shows it was on. And so it always just feels, it feels nice to be like choosing to do things, you know, at a time that they're... They're Very much to- on everybody's tongue. Um, but what what makes this really interesting and what we wanted to dive into is, I think, what you t- like tapped into a second ago. Things have gotten a little more complicated. I think the pandemic obviously changed everything. And I personally hate talking about the pandemic, but I don't think that we can ignore 
the ways in which it's changed the way we do things. And one of the things that emerged during the pandemic was this to-go concept, and everything is to-go now, and it stayed that way. And I also think the other thing is during the pandemic when so many people lost their livelihood— we weren't able to go in restaurants. We weren't able to go to bars. True, yeah. And those employees who had been who mostly made two dollars and thirteen cents an hour and relied on tips to survive, I think we as a nation and as a community, many tipped fifty percent. We went above and beyond right. trying to help the hospitality industry and others continue to come to work every day. And we were appreciative that they were doing what they were doing. On the backside now. The world has changed a bit, and most, Mm. I can't speak to all, but a lot of, there are very few hospitality workers who continue to make $2.13 an hour. A, there are restaurants out there paying $18 an hour and $15 an hour trying because they couldn't keep good people. And the consumer has no way of knowing which restaurants which. Right. Yeah. And so it, it is a complicated issue, and I think it's also, you touched on this in the story. It's really complicated by the square. All of a sudden, you pay for something. You're paying at the table. You're standing there, and the waitress or waiter server hands you, you know, the little computer screen, and you're tipping right in front of them. Right. And it's starting at 20 or 25%, 30 and 35%, as opposed to at 20 So it's really— Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I think one thing that you said that I want to hit on about the generosity, I think that's really important. I mean, as we've said a million times on the podcast, I did moonlight in the service industry for years and years. So I consider myself an excellent tipper and I lived on tips and I know they're important. So I think off the top, I'd like to say that. But we all, as you said, I think leaned into that generosity of spirit during the pandemic. But you know that famous line from when Harry met Sally, never take... (laughs) Never take somebody to the airport at the beginning of a relationship because then when you don't do it anymore, they're like, why don't you take me to the airport anymore? That's kind of how I feel about this. Like once you've gone up to 50%, how do you go back? And how do you justify going back? And so hence that viral term tipflation. Yes. And then from there, you have also just what do you tip on? There's there's coffee and what where is it to go? Like you handed me a bagel, you know, or— I'm sitting in your coffee shop for two hours working, or I went to a brewery and I took beer with me versus I hung out here for two hours. It's a lot. To me, there's a real difference in walking into a bottle shop, opening the cooler yourself, taking out a (laughs) four-pack, walking to the cash register, no different than if I ran to the grocery to get a gallon of milk. Fair, yeah. And I pay for it. It's different if I'm going to sit in your bottle shop and have a glass of Prosecco or have a beer and you're opening it and pouring in a glass, which legally you have to do if I'm going to drink it. Yeah, that's so, yeah. Okay, so I can go to Lowe's Foods. I can go to the beer cooler. I can grab an individual drink just like I can at House of Hops. And nobody's asking me to tip when I check out at Lowe's. Nothing against House of Hops. Pick any brewery or Hops House you want. Right. Yeah, but if you go to one of these bottle shops, even if you're self-serve, But I think, to to be fair to them, that screen exists whether you were hanging out there all night or whether you came in to buy a six-pack. Like, there's not an alternative screen. Right, and that's the—I think that's the challenge and the pressure point that the people I talked to, friends, we had this long conversation because I was telling about this guide on Sunday as we were walking around at the museum, and they're like, but when they flip the screen around— And you've just, you know, you feel this obligation to tip and you feel like a horrible person if you don't. Yeah. And so it's fine. So I love the way we did it. We broke it down into three categories, things that we go in-house for, things we do to go for. 
and then reached out to people in those industries to say, what do you recommend? And I thought it was fascinating. Like for a bottle of wine, Doreen, um, owner of Vita's House Wine School, said it's retail. If you're buying a bottle of wine, you don't tip on it. Right. I'm, you know, I'm not opening it. I'm not making a recommendation. Uh, you're you're buying a bottle of wine, which I thought was you know really fair. And then we talked we talked to some others. For instance, in house coffee and coffee to go, <laughs> which our office does an, a tremendous <laughs> amount of business. We should find a coffee sponsor. No, I'm not kidding here. She's these not. women could drink coffee. <laughs> and somebody said, why don't you buy a Keurig or something like that. I, was, I said, we have it. We, <laughs> we, have, don't we don't use it because there's something about it being in a monster size. I don't even know what you call the gallon size that you guys drink. <laughs> Depends on which coffee shop you're at. You're going to have to take the coffee out of our cold, dead hands. Like, we are oh. all so obsessed with it. Absolutely. Um, but it's funny. I love what we did with this one. So Lydia um, works for Food Scene, which is obviously a friend of the magazine. We do a lot of work with them. And also a friend of, of ours. And so we I know because, like, she works around at a lot of coffee mm-hmm. shops when they're not in the office. And so we decided, in addition to asking just business owners who might have a vested interest, literally, in the tipping, we also wanted to ask people that were, like, in the know. So I really loved Lydia's answer about coffee. Um, <laughs> so she basically says, I'm just going to quote her. She, <laughs> she says, 20% is always my standard. But I'd be an empty, joyless shell without coffee. So she'd fit right in our office. So I want to almost overtip to communicate the value the service has in my life and ensure my favorite coffee spots stay open and in business. If it's a local barista with great vibes, of course, then 25%. Uh, 18% if she's at Starbucks because she said, like, <laughs> rules feel different for big chains. I love that. <laughs> She's like, if it's a chain, I, I tip differently than if it's locally owned. And then obviously, you know, maybe 18%, she said, if someone's kind of meh to me. So I love she has a scale. It's important. And I think coffee is a little bit different because somebody has to make that coffee. Yeah, that feels like an art form I to mean, me. I can't do that. I cannot do. I cannot make those lattes at home. <laughs> art form. Be careful here. But I, I understand it, it right? Because that's something you love, and they are making it. They're not just opening a can and pouring it in a glass. Yeah, now if I walked in and ordered a black coffee, see, that's different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think I would still feel compelled to tip. So I think the bottle shop was interesting. So we talked to Justin, um, the manager at House of Hops. Yes. And he suggested a tip of $1 per beer. Yes. As a starting point. Um, if you're walking in to have a beer at a bottle shop, as opposed to just thinking 20%, which, you know, most beers are 6 or $7. So that translates. It gets iffy for me. Like, as a former bartender, a dollar per drink was kind of a standard, like, okay, so if you buy a $5 drink, they're not $5 anymore, but for the sake of argument. Well, beer, um, some beers. Or a beer, yeah. Then a buck. And that's that, that math also tracks. But what's happening, though, when you start getting into three tr- three drinks, the mass, the more drinks you do, the mass starts to get off in terms of percentages. Right, but we're talking, but we're talking about beer. I know, right. I know. There's a difference but between beer and I'm cocktail. just bringing it up because I think people think when they go to a bar and they order six drinks and their tab is 50 bucks that they can, t- they can tip $6. I'm just making the distinction that I love that he's saying a dollar per beer because right. it is different. Right, Opening and that's what we did. We broke this down. So it's yeah. beer to bottle shop, glass in a of wine in-house. Yep. Versus a bottle to go. 
And a cocktail is to- is more along the lines of coffee. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly the point I was trying to make. Like if you're asking somebody to mix you a cocktail, that is different than ordering a beer, you know. And they, they're all there, they're all providing a service, but that's why I love that it's broken down this way. And I thought it was really interesting what the manager at the cupcake shop said about baked goods that tipping at least one to two dollars per item. Yeah, she talks a little bit about. You know, they have handcrafted beverages there, too. So she talked about that. And then, you know, she said tipping higher for stellar service, but she named tipping higher as 15%. Right. So I think that's because probably the $1 or $2 per item, it just depends. But honestly, her point is like going the extra mile to show the appreciation, which is what you were saying from the beginning. I think it's— I think that's where tipping has—so for me, it's— Tipping was initially designed. We went back because we weren't sure. This is for your dad. <laughs> yeah. We weren't sure what the the origination of tipping was. And obviously, it started in Tudor, England, back in the 17th century. And basically, it was to, to ensure propertude, mm-hmm. to get proper service fast. And so, you would lay your tip on the table so that your server knew he or she was going to be, back then, I guess it was he, I don't know. Served. <laughs> I like to think it was he. Um, so the, that's where it came from. That's TIP. Yeah. So my whole life growing up, and especially once I got into service industry, this was really his dad, my granddad, used to say, he said, I, I love that you fact-checked this and it was true. Sorry, dad. You because taught me well. I honestly, <laughs> I honestly, like, I do believe everything that comes out of my dad's mouth, but you don't know when it's like generational stories. Yeah. Like if my grandfather was bullshitting, I have no idea. But he used, my granddad used to say like, he used to rib me and be like, you know, you would go and you'd put a 20 on the table and that would that would show them like you're going to give me and you would get it. Right. And then it became this thing where the roles got reversed and now like the consumer's like, you're going to give me great service and I'm going to tip you based on that service. And uh, it's not always the server's fault. The kitchen can mess up. Right. But I think know. the tip, originally was designed to say, you know, for great service, for quick service, for good service, as opposed to an expectation. I think changing the hourly wage for servers is going to make a a huge difference. You can't live off $2.13. I mean, that's the same thing I made when I was in college for waiting tables. Well, and actually, if I remember correctly, the checks are pretty much void because of taxes. Oh, yeah. So I don't remember actually getting checks. You lived on tips, yeah. Yeah. and that's all it was. But I thought that was really interesting, and Americans fought it when it was brought over here. <laughs> Americans did not want to do this. Imagine that. But it is stuck. Well, but except it, that we don't do it at the beginning anymore. That's kind of what I was saying. Like, we've really flipped the script on what the tip means in a way because it was bef- it was literally an acronym to ensure. Right. But most places service. don't take cash. So you're, what are you going to do? Lay your credit card on the on the table to go, <laughs> well, okay. This changed. I mean, think this about it. This changed way before credit cards were a real thing. I, in your lifetime, have you ever tipped at the beginning of a meal? Ever. Oh, no. See? No, but my point is that even if we wanted to go back to that, oh, we can't no, now I because no, no. I mean, I'm always penniless. I mean, it's a joke. You, I mean, if I were to break down the side of the road and somebody, you know, was going to help me if I had $5, forget it. No, don't rob I don't me. Have I don't have either. cash. I don't have cash. And if I have cash, 
Yeah, I'll Venmo you. I will PayPal you. Whatever you need, but I will not have cash. No, I don't, I never ever have cash. And honestly, in our job, it's a terrible thing because we go to all these events where they comp our stuff, right? And, and then you you should tip them, right? I was at one last night, and I was like, oh god, I that's where I, you give I a card cash. with a you know. I always yeah, ask you can a ask. penny card, yep, yeah, so I can, can run ask. a card. So it gets uncomfortable. So along those lines, a couple of restaurants have instituted a fee. Like they tried to factor in an eighteen percent tip, right? Um, on and one of those is Y Hill, mm-hmm. and the other one is Jay Betsky's. Y Hills maintained theirs, and it's split between all of the the staff, right? And and they encourage you to tip in addition to that if you want, but not necessary. And Jay Betsky's did it um, when they opened in their new location. And he was honest about it. It didn't go over well with his clients. I was say, didn't they take it away? They took it away. And he said, he said, it's not that they didn't want to tip. It was the idea that his customers felt like, oh, you're telling me, you're forcing it mm-hmm. when we're going to tip more than that anyway. That is how I feel. Like, I, I totally identify with that because to me, the it's a trust. And I, look, I know a lot of people don't tip or they tip shitty, but... I also know there are a lot of people tip really well. And at the end of a shift, I'll tell you it evens out or you even end up doing better, you know, unless there's just a particularly bad day. But I think as a consumer, especially when you go with large parties and you get gratted, it irks me. And it makes me not want to do the 30% I would have done because it's like, well, you gratted me. So right. I'm just going to give you what you asked for. Right. Now, I think I still try to just, because I've learned too that some restaurants have an auto grat. Like, the server's not doing that. They're not choosing to do that to you. Like, right. it's an automatic no. thing. Right. So, I understand where the Jay Betsky's, I'm, so they took it away completely. They did. Right? I mean, and, and and he was, you know, I had multiple conversations with him. I love his new restaurant. Food's, food's great, and the atmosphere is wonderful. And, you know, they've, they've done some things they had to do to sort of survive and um, with staffing. And they've gone to, you know, you can order at the table on your phone. But they have servers nearby if someone's not comfortable with that or someone doesn't have their phone with them. Like most restaurants, they don't have a huge overflowing staff. They've got great staff, but it's not, if you want to cash out and your waiter or server's not nearby, you can cash out yourself. So there is some some great attributes with their system, but the tipping one, the fee didn't work. Yeah. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word village to 919-701-0202. Time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours. 12 rotating craft beers and eight rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. 
sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, catch the big game on multiple TVs, or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixX.com. And he took it away. I think, too, I want to make the distinction, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. So service charges is a thing that's really happening. What you're talking about is sort of an um, instituted service charge literally in place of a tip, right. which you can tip on top of. There's a, there's a different use of service charges. I think the easiest way to explain would be like food delivery, right. DoorDash is a good way to think about it. Those service charges are not the same as tips, and right. that's something that we explain in this story. But And that's actually something that I saw play out on the Today Show. A lot of, it turns out, according to what they were saying, a lot of people think because there are restaurants that use service charges as tips, when they see the word service charge on their receipt, they think that means they've already tipped, when in fact it's a different line item. So, I mean, I really feel like the language shouldn't be able to be duplicated, but that is something to keep in mind, too, or ask if you don't know. Like, is this a tip? I think it was really just interesting to hear what the business owners and some people, you know, friends of the magazine had to say about tipping and some guidelines. It, it sparks conversation about what we tip for beyond food and beverage. I was about to say the same thing. A lot of those bits that I watched preparing preparing for this, that a lot of them got into what you started with, which is like what— where are we as a culture? It feels like, what do we tip on? How much do we tip? It feels like every single service is starting to have this sort of pressure to tip yes. well beyond. I mean, service industries always, right. specifically food and beverage, has always been led by tips. But now it just feels like it's everything, and it's everywhere. Well, I told you. I have a friend who was at a um, national chain department store this past week here in Raleigh, and went to pay for her items, and the screen was turned around to her, and it had a tip button. I can't. I can't. And, <laughs> and because it didn't happen to me specifically, and I didn't see it, I won't name the business, but I was like, what? She goes, am I now? She was looking to me for guidance because I was telling I was like, she goes, am I supposed to, to tip a major national chain store now? And I'm like, uh, yeah, no. That's crazy, no. but that reminds me. One of the people that we talked to was the Annie Betty's, um, Greg, Greg Ewan, and he offered, uh, you know, a great commentary on the cocktail bar. But in addition to that, he gave me a little postscript, and he said, um, "What about retail?" He said, "I also tip at retail spaces when I require help from the staff beyond the like, where is something?" I thought that was really interesting and nice, and that goes more to generosity than expectation. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure those people are like, why are you tipping yeah. me? <laughs> expecting this. So I thought that was really cool. Probably from somebody who lives on lives in the service industry in a, in a tip situation, wanting to be generous right. to other people. But that's different than being at a big chain department store and being asked to tip. Like, for what? They're getting paid, right? Oh, I mean, they're not making $2 an hour. No. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just— and don't, don't a lot of them work on—what um, do you call it? Commission. Thank you. Yeah. Brain's not working today, yeah. but— Again, 
we want everybody to be taken care of, and we're a big, big fan of the hospitality industry, and this isn't necessarily about them, but I think there's a lot of conversation about, it's just like when you get to the holidays and people go, so what do I give my mailman? What do I give my, my Amazon guy? It's going to have to get, you know, something big this year. But, you know, those people that take care of you all year long, what's an ideal Christmas gift or holiday gift for that person? It's yeah. the same thing. It's sort of getting some guidelines for what's expected because you do feel like you're, you know, you're tipping at every turn. Yeah, and I, I also thought it was interesting that a couple people that answered said they didn't expect tips. I was surprised because I made the joke in the intro. Lauren and I shared this story, but I made the joke in the intro, like I said earlier, you handed me a bagel. Like, come on. But the but bench warmers literally said tipping on anything is not required. So I thought that was really interesting because you have some of these other baked goods and and people who have this kind of service saying a dollar an item or something is nice, not expected, but nice. Right. And bench warmers just point blank was like, we appreciate anything, but it's not required, you know, or expected. So along the same lines, um, I had another friend who was in Winston-Salem um, on business and was stay- eating dinner at a restaurant. And when her tab came, it had a extra 3% fee if she was going to pay with a credit card. And it was lined out. And I was like, really? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Roll it into the food cost, roll it into my drink cost, but do not do a line item because I paid you with a card. When two years ago, you wouldn't take my cash. Yeah, there's also a couple businesses that have started saying, like, we won't let you pay with a credit card if your total is below X, whatever that is for them, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars because of that fee. But that's the cost of doing business. Right. Like, Uh, yeah. Roll it into the food, roll it yeah. into the price of the gum, whatever it is you, I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's true. Um, an unusual one. That's like we did a story the first year we were in business. I've told you this story many times. There's a restaurant in town that was um, doing a dollar charge for a square frozen ice cube. What? And that was the first rant I ever wrote for the magazine on, it's frozen water, folks. It's frozen water. I don't care what shape it's in. Charge me another dollar for the bourbon drink. Gina, they had to go down in the basement (laughs) and, like, build a special place to make square ice. I know. Like a caveman. Walk three miles barefooted (laughs) in the snow. I got it. I was like, this is crazy. And, of course, they did away with that charge. But Well, as they should. I mean, it had nothing to do with me. But but I was just like, come on. It's roll it into the drink. I'm not going to know the difference between that bourbon drink's $12 or 13 Just roll it in. Well, that's true. And are you going to call out your favorite one on here, the— the force tip? The which one? The one that's for Oh, four. yeah. So we have a, a staff member who has a favorite place in town that she orders croissants from regularly and went to the website and was no longer able to order them without tipping first. Mm-hmm. It was just like a, a thing that you had to do in order to check out. You couldn't. Uh, Did we ask her, like, you can't just put zero in the box and get away with it, right? Like I she don't said, think you so. had you to. had to tip. And so she's no longer ordering those <laughs> items. And it's not that she uh, she doesn't mind tipping. It was the fact that it was forced. Yeah, that's not a, when she walked in to get her box and she could tip, but it was, you know. That's that's the sentiment we were saying about Jay Besky's. You're never going to, well, I hope you're never going to go to dinner and not tip. No. I think it feels like the forced tipping feels like you're 
you're setting up this negative expectation where you didn't think I was going to take care of me. You didn't trust me. Yep. You didn't trust that we are here because we like your restaurant and you're going to be good to yep. me and I'm going to be good to you. Because I'm going to tell you point blank, I will tip 20% on the shittiest service you <sighs> could possibly give me because I, I, that's my base. Like, well, that's, unless you personally offend me or like light my hair on fire, I'm going to give you 20%. But, I have a funny story about that. So I was Did at a, you light someone's hair on fire? Nope. Oh. <laughs> but I had iced tea poured down the back of my dress in a restaurant that still exists in North Raleigh. And oh, that it was person not the server. The uh, that server, it wasn't necessarily her fault. It was probably the person who bumped her from the table behind. But literally, I'm on a date and it was <gasps> all down my back. And I was like, Did you have a rage blackout? I didn't. I, I was just too mortified. <laughs> I didn't even know what to do. I'm staying there soaked. And so, still tip 20%. Yeah. So That's, that was going to be my question. I waited okay. tables in college. You were a bartender. Do you have a standard that you always tip? So the baseline is 20%. From there, depending, I'd say 30 is my standard percent. And if it's exceptional or I know the people or let's be honest now, people are nice to us. And I've I've been in the industry before too. So a lot of people, they're yeah. just nice. So then I start going up to like 50%. Right. Because this is something I would make like a point about. If somebody gives you something for free— you have to make sure you take that into account right. when you tip. Absolutely. If they if they send around a drinks out, you don't just take it and then tip on the bill for the other drinks. Right. You tip as if that round of drinks was included exactly. for sure. So what's your your base yeah. is twenty and then My, that's the funny thing. My base is twenty and and that's for everything. I mean, even if it's Tea down two your beers. back. <laughs> Tea oh. down my back. I mean, no matter I don't do the one dollar per beer oh, kind of thing. I just same. do flat twenty percent. I mean, obviously, I'll go up to 25. I mean, I waited tables. And if we're comped, you know, a lot of times people are just just really good to us and do yeah. things for our families. And so, you know, yeah. obviously, I go well beyond that. What's your MO if you get bad service? So tip or no tip? Well, I guess, like I said, I mean, I think it's tip unless it just feels like negligence or um I just I still don't I don't think I've ever I've never, stiffed anybody I've never walked away from a table and not tipped I think the lowest I've ever gone in like a particularly bad situation where I felt like the server was negligent was like 15 percent just yeah. because I can't right you know um, are you saying yeah I mean I just have never walked away from a table is there any and when I say, is there someone, I mean uh, an occupation that you feel pressured to tip that you don't? I feel like there is, and I can't, like, quite put my mm -hmm. finger on it. You have one? Mm. What is it? <laughs> Who is juicy? <laughs> it's really hard to say. Okay, so my dog has passed away, so I no longer have a dog. But mm. I paid $85 to have my little 16-pound dog. Oh, groomed. grooming is a good one. And to turn around and do 20% on top of that was a tough one. I did it multiple times, but that was a really tough one, I felt. But it was hard to find a good groomer. The other one that's kind of hard is you go to a spa and you've had several hundred dollars worth of treatments. Yeah. Or you've spent the day. That's that's a hard one to do a flat 20% on because the time that you had your service is probably not the entire cost, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Oh, you just, okay, so two things. One, sorry. But one is, I do think if you camp out at a table, you should increase your tip. 
That was just a side note that you just made me oh, think for of. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if you don't want to keep drinking because you got to drive or you just don't want to. That's fine. But, like, you're literally taking that person's table oh, yeah. from you've making gotta, money. You've got to increase that. Yeah. Um, but bouncing off of what you just said about the spa otherwise and the groomer, I do have a little 14-pound dog who goes to the groomer and costs me $80 every four weeks. And, man, her hair grows so fast it annoys me. My last dog, it was every eight weeks, and they're the same size. But it's so much money. And I this is one where I wish they would roll it in. I, I would rather, whether it's 70 or 85 or 100, I think whatever it's going to be, I want it to just be that, and I want to pay it, and I want to walk away. I love our groomer, but adding that 20%, just it's so expensive, you know? And then I feel the same way, I guess, about my salon. I I, I would—she's one of my best friends. I'd pay her a million dollars, but I would rather her just—every salon. I would rather them just charge me. Hair's expensive. Uh, yeah. And, like, and I get, like, high, highlights and lowlights, and it, that shit is expensive. And so, I mean, Natalie takes good care of me. I seriously doubt she even charges me full price. And— like I said, we're friends, but across the board, even in other cities I've lived in, I would rather them just be like, it's $200 instead of it's $150, and then now I'm going to tip you 30 oh, You know what I mean? The nail like, salon where I never have cash, and they always want cash as opposed to putting on a card. Oh, tipping for pedicures uh, and manicures gives me anxiety, too. And I, I don't know why. I mean, I they're providing a service, no, but it, I guess I don't know. But like, I would rather roll it in. Yes. And say tips included. Like, in, if just give me a $50 pedicure instead of a $40 pedicure, and let's call it a day. Right. Like and I just that way I don't have to worry about do I have cash or dashing to a cash machine or going. <gasps> oh yeah, because the one at Old Raleigh Village is cash only right. for tips. That's the way I don't have is. cash. I never have cash. So now I'm the well, asshole at least walking now people out know without they tipping. Won't rob us because we don't have. I was going to say we're never going to get mugged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not going to get mugged. <laughs> it's a fun conversation. And hey, you know, if you happen to be that person who, for whatever reason, you just don't tip, get it together. Come on. At some point, you've you've helped someone else. I mean, or, yeah, and, and you know, you know what it feels like. And if you haven't worked in the food industry, I think on. everybody should have to do I that. I do too. And that's a fair point because I think these service charges and these force tips are probably a commentary on they want to protect their staff, and it's probably a commentary on what is happening with some percentage of the general public, which and makes so, it's heartbreaking to think that there are actually people who get up from a table and walk away and don't tip. Yeah, and so what do they always say? One person acts up, the rest of us all get yeah. punished. Just get your, just get your shit together. Absolutely. <laughs> Tip people, take care of them, especially people who take care of you. But it is an ongoing conversation. Yeah, and check out the guide. Like, yeah. there's one something you on here for— You might learn something new. Yeah. So, cheers. Cheers. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.